Hello everybody, you're listening to a new podcast that I like to call Finicast. Um, this is a show that talks about movies, uh, anything in going on in life, in the media, in the news, really anything other than politics, you know? Uh, my name is Tyson Sherber, and this is a new podcast that I wanted to start, uh, just to, you know, talk about life, you know, talk about different things that are going on in people's lives and kind of have a conversation with you guys in a weird way, you know, like, uh, even though we can't technically conversate, I kind of wanted to have it feel like a conversation, you know, and, um, yeah, you know, so I wanted to talk about a couple things that are going on right now. Um, one of them is the uh, new Quentin Tarantino trailer to his new film called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Kurt Russell, uh, Luke Perry, rest in peace, and uh, Al Pacino and Timothy Oliphant. So that should be interesting. I'm also going to talk about the uh, new uh, apparent Robert Pattinson uh, news that's going on with him being Batman, apparently, and uh, maybe the uh, villains that might appear, which I'm really uh, looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, no, let's get into it. Let's stop bullshit and let's get right into it. You know, cut to the chase. All right, so Quentin Tarantino's new film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, just dropped a brand new official trailer, I should say. Uh, sorry, excuse me, but uh, no, yeah, uh, so this trailer is uh, basically following this uh, actor named Rick Dalton and his stunt double Cliff Booth, played by DiCaprio and Brad Pitt respectively, and it follows them in the year 1969 when Hollywood is starting to change, you know, going to the hippie era, and uh, it's set in the backdrop of um, the Manson murders, because Sharon Tate, uh, played by Margot Robbie, is uh, uh, Rick Dalton's neighbor, and craziness ensues. That's all we really know about this movie. Uh, appara- and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting thing because Quentin Tarantino recently has said that he does not want anybody exposing the plot to anybody, you know, basically ruining the movie. And I think that is great of him to do that. And I can tell he's really hiding the plot to this film. I still don't know what it's about, really, other than the Charles Manson stuff, which I find really interesting. But yeah, so let's get into the trailer. It looks great. <laughs> it looks awesome. It looks exactly what I thought it would be and more. Um, DiCaprio looks great. The humor is there. It also looks very tense, especially with the Charles Manson stuff. And I could tell that's kind of how Brad Pitt is going to get into the story, especially with him on the with the Manson family on that ranch. That seems really interesting. Uh, but yeah, the trailer looks great. Uh, it has, uh, this is probably my most anticipated movie of the year, to be honest. Uh, even from the beginning of the year, I said that. And yes, I know that Avengers Endgame just came out. And I know uh, Star Wars is coming out and Spider-Man's coming out. But this is my most anticipated movie of the year. From the very beginning, I was looking for this, mo- looking forward to this movie. And because I love Quentin Tarantino, he's probably my favorite writer of all time. Uh, my dire- favorite director, eh, I, I don't. It, he's up there, but I would probably have to say Scorsese. He's probably my favorite. Um, <clears throat> it's probably my favorite uh, director since he's just been so consistent with good of quality. But so is Quentin Tarantino. Uh, if you don't know, he's directed Pulp Fiction, probably his most famous film. That is uh, Kill Bill One and Two, Reservoir Dogs, uh, Django Unchained, Glorious Bastards. Recently, The Hateful Eight, which came out a few years back. So yeah, I'm uh, really looking forward to this film. I think it could be um, great. It could be very interesting. And it's so rare to find in a, this 
big of a film that cost 100 million plus more which is nuts that so that sony gave 100 million dollars to quentin tarantino let him pick whoever he wanted to be in this movie and market it the way he wanted to and shoot it the way he wanted to and have final cut over everything i really as much as i've given sony a lot of shit like i really give them a lot of respect for doing that that's incredible of them to do that He's Quentin Tarantino, so I think he's earned it <laughs> at this point. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, guys. Uh, yeah, so basically this podcast is we talk about movies, we talk about life, what's going on in the world today. You know, all no matter how weird, no matter how crazy it is, we talk about all that shit, you know. That's what I really want to do with this podcast and talk about anything. Um, I just wanted to let you know that before we get into our sep- second topic, uh, which is the big news that came out at the end of last week. Uh, I think it was on Thursday or Friday. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, on one of those days, late at night, um, a huge article came out from, Dead. I think it was Variety, uh, that said Robert Pattinson is going to be the next Batman. And people have been very mixed. I have seen a lot of different responses uh, from the public. Uh, people have either said, yes, that's awesome. That's incredible. I cannot wait for Robert Pattinson to be Batman. However, there are some who have not really been that excited about, and they're just like, oh, the Twilight guy. Bleh. I get it. I, I Look, I'm not a Twilight fan either. I fucking hate those movies. So I'll give you that. But the dude has really proven himself to be a very good actor. Um, if you want to see evidence of that, watch Good Time. Uh, I know that's the most famous one that everybody points to, but it's, it's good for a reason. You know, he is phenomenal in that he showed so much range in that movie and vulnerability that I honestly fell in love with his acting ability there. Um, and also the Rover, which is an underrated one, which I really enjoyed. He's done a lot of good stuff. He's done a lot of dramas. He's been working with David Cronenberg a lot. You know, I've noticed that. And he's a very gifted actor. You know, there's a reason why you don't see Taylor Lautner very much after the Twilight franchise. There's a reason why you don't see Kristen Stewart really all that much either. You know, it's because Robert Pattinson is actually a gifted actor. He really is. And he's stayed away from franchises for a reason. And he's very much expressed that he is not a fan of the Twilight franchise. He's not a big fan of the Hollywood type of deal that he was in. And he was in one of the most made fun of franchises, probably in recent memory, unfortunately. And I could tell he just kind of wanted to get his money and run, you know, and I don't blame him. I really don't blame him. If you see interviews with the guy, which are kind of funny, admittedly, you could tell he does not want to be there. Um, But yeah, no, I, um, I actually love this choice. I think this is great for a young Bruce Wayne slash Batman. I'm really looking forward to this film. And I know everybody's going to say, oh, another Batman movie. Look, I get it. It's, I, I get it. We've had three Batman in the last 10 years. I get it. You know, however, Batman is one of the most interesting characters, if not the most interesting comic book hero of all time, in my opinion. If you if they just want to keep making Batman movies from now until the fucking sun burns out of the sky, I don't mind that because I just love Batman so much and I love his villains. I love his stories. I love everything about the guy. You know, you just need the right creative person in charge and you need the right actor. They've got the right actor and I believe they got the right 
writer and director. Uh, if you don't know, the director is Matt Reeves, who recently came off the uh, Planet of the Apes trilogy, which I thought was great. Uh, he also did the first Cloverfield and the remake of Let Me In, which I also really enjoyed. So, yeah, I, I think the dude is a very gifted director. Um, he knows how to shoot a movie very well, very dark. I think his mood and atmosphere can really work for a Batman film. It's unfortunate because I would have loved to seen Ben Affleck in a great Batman movie because I do think that he is a he was a pretty good Batman. I really do. For an older Batman, I think he could have been great. It's just unfortunately he was never given the right opportunity to be a great Batman, you know, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, and once again, people freaked out when Ben Affleck was cast. I don't know if anybody remembers, but people freaked out when Ben Affleck was cast. So I don't give a shit on who they pick to be Batman. As long as he is a good actor and he's right for the part. And in, from what I've heard and from, you know, the acting resume that Robert Pattinson has, I think we got the right guy. I really do. I think we got the right guy. I think he's going to do a great job. I really do. I think the dude's very gifted, and I'm really looking forward to his seeing his Batman interpretation. Uh, but yeah, uh, so the Batman's going to come out, I believe, in June of uh, 2021. So we still got a couple more years. Uh, apparently, Matt Reeves is polishing up the script, from what I've heard. And um, yeah, so he's in final negotiations. There was a story that came out that it was apparent that said, no, 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 he's not the only one. Uh, it's Robert. It's between Robert Pattinson and Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt, I like him as an actor. I wouldn't mind him as Batman, uh, but I prefer Robert Pattinson, to be honest, and I think that's who they're going to come out with because, you know, I, I feel that a lot of stories and a lot of different news articles have said, no, Robert Pattinson is the final candidate, which basically means, yeah, he's going to be our Batman, more than likely. And that's that's basically what that means 99% of the time in Hollywood. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to this film. I, I cannot wait. Um, I want to keep seeing Batman movies because I'm a fucking fanboy, I guess. You can call me that. I don't care. But, yeah, I, I love Batman. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for this movie. And, uh, well, yeah, so let's get into a third topic of the day. So, basically, this uh, one is also Batman related, uh, unfortunately, but no, yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this is also Batman related, this is related to the Batman news, um, that came out with Robert Pattinson, so a day after that, um, another story came out saying who are good, who the villains will be, apparently in Matt Reeves' Batman film, um, and apparently the two villains, there's gonna be two villains, uh, is gonna, and the two villains are going to be Penguin and Catwoman. And before, and I know we already had those villains before. We already had those two villains in Gotham, I know, for maybe. Um, I haven't seen Gotham, so I wouldn't know because I just, I, I can't. I just can't get into it. And I'm sorry, but I can't get into it. Um, and Batman Returns, most famously. Um I don't mind those two choices. I think that I would like to see a different interpretation and a really good interpretation of the Penguin. And I love Danny DeVito as the Penguin. I think he's great. Um, however, you know, he's not the most faithful interpretation from what I've heard of the Penguin. I don't know that much about the Penguin, to be honest. But from what I've heard, he's not really, like, have has he doesn't really have, 
like disfigured body movements or anything like that, like in Tim Burton's Batman Returns. But no, I'm uh, really interested on who they're going to cast as uh, these two villains. Um, if I had to pick, um, I would say for the Penguin, I would love to see Andy Serkis be the Penguin. I think that dude, one, number one, is one of the best actors working today and is great with or without motion capture. I think he's a great actor. If you want proof, watch him in Black Panther. He's pretty good in that. Uh, he's a great villain in that, even though he's only in it for a little bit. And for Catwoman, um, Jennifer Lawrence would be an, int- an interesting pick. Um, I would say Margot Robbie would be a good pick, but she's already Harley Quinn, so I don't know if she's really down to do another superhero role. Um, and uh, I think another good pick would be Rebecca Ferguson from uh, the Mission Impossible franchise. I think she's great, and she's a great ass kicker. Um, but yeah, no, those would probably be my two picks for those two villains. I'm very curious to see what his interpretation is going to be like. Um, I'm wondering to see if it's... Because apparently Matt Reeves came out and said... And this was going back, I think, a year and a half, maybe two years ago almost. He said, uh, apparently it's going to be a reboot. Um, and it's going to be kind of set in its own continuity. I'd be very curious to see if it's going to take place with the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie universe, which would be cool. I'm not going to lie. I would love to see those two actors face off against each other. Um, and I was talking about this with my uncle the other day, and uh, he's a big Batman fan as well. And he was saying, and I was thinking maybe the Joker movie can start out this kind of Batman cinematic universe. Cause I would actually love to see a Batman cinematic universe. I think I just, cause I don't think Batman doesn't really work well with Superman, Aquaman and Wonder Woman and all these godlike figures. It kind of just makes them look useless. And maybe with the right writer and the right director and the right creative person in charge, maybe they could make it work. Um, but you know, for the movies, it just hasn't been working. So I would love to see a Batman cinematic universe. I think that would be really interesting and really cool. Um, but you know, I think what, if they are going to do something like that, I think start out with the Joker movie. And if it does well, and it looks as good as the trailer does, cause I think the trailer looks great. Um, then I would have that movie start this Batman cinematic universe <clears throat> and then have, the two villains, Batman, or Penguin and Catwoman in the, the first Batman movie, because apparently Matt Reeves's uh, new Batman film is going to start a trilogy. He really wants to do a trilogy. Um, and then the second one could be someone else, maybe, or the third one could be the lead up to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and them versing each other. And because I, I, I think we should give it a little more time between before we introduce the Joker again. I think people are kind of... I think they're kind of jokered out with, you know, how great uh, Heath Ledger's Joker performance was and now iconic how it is... now how iconic it is. And and Jared Leto... I mean, I feel bad for Jared Leto because I could see the dude was trying, but he unfortunately was just cut out of a lot of the movie and just was given shit material, unfortunately. You know, so I... You know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, I I would love to see Joaquin Phoenix and Robert Pattinson. I I guess in terms of age, that doesn't really make sense because he'd probably be an old Joker, but it would be very cool to see those two face off against each other. Uh, But yeah, so that's the Batman news. Um, Once again, that comes out June of 2021. 
uh, just a couple months before James Gunn's Suicide Squad also comes out. So really looking forward to both those movies. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, tell me on Instagram what you guys think. Uh, speaking of Instagram, that's a good segue right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got some questions. So if you guys want to leave some questions, uh, it's a little Q&A thing that I do kind of towards the end of the show where, you know, anybody can an- can ask me anything, no matter how weird, no matter how creepy, no matter how weird as shit it's going to be. Just DM me on my Instagram, Tyson Sherburn 99 all lowercase, T-Y-S-O-N-S-H-E-R-B-U-R-N-99. The number's 99. So yeah, uh, just, uh, you know, anytime, just uh, message me. And uh, let's start with these questions. So we got a couple questions here. Let me just pull them up. Sorry about this, guys. I apologize. Let me just see here. do 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 Okay, we got him. All right. All right, so this one comes from uh, Sammy Magania. I would like to hear about the evolution of race and females in film. Maybe even some stories about some of the box office hits that came to be. Some directors dedicate 10 years of their lives to a single movie. That'd be interesting to learn about, too. Okay, so this is kind of like two questions. Uh, Thank you, Sammy. I appreciate that. Um, Let's see here. So, the evolution of race and females in film. Well, you know, we live in a different time now than we did 10 years ago. That's for sure. And, uh, you know, with things like Black Panther and Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, you know, it's been so different, you know, with uh, females in film, you know, uh, especially... Like, let's let's look at, like, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Mary Jane is a fucking awful character, and she's stupid, and she's just not a good person, and she's dumb, and she's always getting rescued all the time. That's not the best example of a female character. But if you want, like, a good female character, you know, there's, like, Wonder Woman, for example, you know, who, yeah, she's goofy, but, you know she always is, you know, strong and powerful and tough, but she also has her vulnerable moments too. And she's, like I said, goofy, you know, and, um, you know, I think with, you know, we've had like a lot of whitewashing scandals, uh, the most famous one, there's some famous ones out there, you know, like Tom Cruise and the last samurai, um, which I, I don't really mind that one. Uh, and you know, the most famous ones being, uh, Scarlett Johansson and Ghost in the Shell, which is a little weird, because, you know, the film is about a young Chinese woman getting implanted in a white woman, (laughs) which is a little odd, I'm not gonna lie, but, you know, to play devil's advocate, you gotta do that, unfortunately, in Hollywood to be, to sell the movie, you gotta put a star in there, and you gotta be like, hey, Scarlett Johansson will do this movie, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's just the way it is, you know. And, uh, what was the other one that I wanted to talk about? Oh, there was a famous one. Oh, shit. God, why did I forget about that? I have a terrible memory. I'm so sorry, guys. But, yeah, so, um, no, yeah, there, oh, yeah, uh, Keanu Reeves and 47 Ronin. (laughs) That was a little weird. That was probably, like, the thing with whitewashing is, look, (sighs) the race has to fit the character well. You can't just throw in a character because you want an Asian character, you know, that's a little forced, you know, like, that's the problem with something like 
what the Star Wars movies have become, you know, like, uh, if you, especially if you look at Rogue One, you know, that's, they put Donnie Yen in there, not only because he's a big star, and he can do martial martial arts, and he's great, but, I mean, let's be real, he's there to appeal to the Chinese crowd in China, you know, like, there's certain things like that, you know, you just, like, the thing with casting for the evolution, like you said, in race, you know, it just has to fit the character. Of course, a white guy can't play Black Panther, you know? Like, you know, it just has to fit the character well, you know? But also, you don't want to feel forced, like, hey, we got a multi-cultural appropriate cast, you know? Because if you do that, you're just going to come off as, you know, what they call a white savior, you know? And uh, people are, that's another thing that's going around in Hollywood, you know? you know, white saver movies, that recent controversy happened with, uh, Green Book, the controversy with that, you know, uh, and how that basically is a white savior movie, same thing with The Blind Side, that was also kind of, you know, used, and, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of, like, in my opinion, those movies are just to appeal to, like, <laughs> you know, like, a lot of people just think they appeal to white people, <laughs> you know, and just to make them feel good about themselves, and, you know, clap, and yeah, you know, and jerk each other off, you know, like, it, it, it just, you know, it, you just, you have to have race in a movie, and you have to have it work, and not feel forced, you know, but with things like Black Panther, it does not feel forced, you know, because that's part of the history of that character, you know, that's part of the history, and it works well with the film, you know, uh, same thing with Wonder Woman, you know, like, they actually casted an Amazonian woman to play that role, because in the comics, she is Amazonian, so that makes sense, you know, but yeah, you know, it's just really involved, and, uh, sometimes, for the most part, we've had a good run with women and race in films lately, you know, we're still catching up, but they're still not we, (laughs) because I'm not a woman, and I'm just a straight white man, so maybe I'm just the least qualified person to be asking this question, but, you know, I, um, but no, I, I think that, uh, I think that, you know, we are getting better slowly, but surely, uh, as a society, we are getting better. Um, but it just, it, but you can't have it be forced. You cannot have it be forced. You just have to have it make it feel good, feel like it makes sense within the story. You know, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but yeah, and you were saying, uh, some directors take 10 film, 10 years to make a film. Yeah, it's very true. Um, some directors are very meticulous. I mean, fucking look at James Cameron. (laughs) He's taking forever with those Avatar movies. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, it it just depends on the director and depends on the story, you know, because I know, uh, George Miller, who did the Mad Max films, uh, like took forever to do Mad Max Fury Road, like, there were so many starts, so many delays, so many script changes, there was a a lot of weather problems, a lot of different things going on during that shooting period, and, um, it was a hell, you know, it was a living hell for a lot of the actors and the crew, but it turned out to be a great movie, you know, it it really did turn out to be a phenomenal movie, and, uh, you know, it, it just really depends on the story, and it depends on the director, you know, some directors take years to make a film, you know, and some can just crank out a film every year, you know, it, it's very, you know, like Ridley Scott, that dude can put out two movies out in a year, you know, and sometimes they're not good, I'm not gonna lie, sometimes they're very hit or miss, but, you know, and the same thing with Woody Allen, that 
dude used to put out a movie a year, you know, but like I said, very hit or miss, you know, so it, it just depends on the story and it depends on the director and it depends on, you know, the budgetary constraints that you have and a lot of other things, you know, so yeah, it just depends on all that stuff, you know, so yeah, I would probably, that'd probably be the best to answering that question, uh, hopefully that answers both of your questions, uh, thank you, Sammy, once again for that, um, thank you, Sammy, for, uh, giving me that question, and hopefully that answered it well, all right, so, uh, let's see here, okay, so we got one more question, uh, this one comes from Bobby underscore Ray 1776, and uh, he asks, uh, what goes into the directing process? Since you've made at least a short film, I've made a couple, thank you. Uh, tell us some extra stuff that we may, we may not think of. Good luck on the podcast, and I'll be listening and supporting. Well, thank you. Thank you, Robert. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine. He's in the uh, military right now, so thank you for your service, man. I really appreciate that. Good buddy of mine, also Michael. He's in the Coast Guard. Thank you guys for your service. Really appreciate the love and support from you guys. Uh, they've been really supportive. So is uh, Sammy. Uh, she was also she's my cousin. So well, the, all of you guys have been really supportive. So thank you. I really appreciate everyone who asked questions. Um, but yeah, so going to the question, what goes into the directing process? A lot of shit. <laughs> A lot of shit. Uh, it could be very busy and very hectic. And um, you know, uh, you know, you got to do a lot of like it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of planning. You know, you, I think the most hard, um, hard, I guess, tool for directing is time. You have to have a lot of time. You have to get all the actors together. You got to get a budget ready. You got to make sure they're fed because a lot of, if you do a short indie movie or if you do any indie movie, a lot of the actors aren't getting paid. They're not. But the least, but it is required by law, by the film guidelines, that you have to feed the actors at least. If you don't want to pay them, you have to at least feed them, give them water, give them whatever they want. You know, you have to, and they cannot pay for anything because they're there on your time. They're there to help you. So it pisses me off when when indie film companies or any film companies don't give the actors water, don't give them food, that's bullshit, it's absolute fucking bullshit, you should support them, if they're, if they're there to do it for free, you should at least give them water and food, at least, when I did, I was 16, the last major short film I did, I was uh, 17 years old, this was a couple years back, Um, I at least fed my actors every day, at least once a day, and gave them bottles of water, like, no joke, you can even ask the actors who were involved in that movie. I did. I supported them that well. Because I knew they were there on their time. And I didn't want to take too much time from them. Because I really loved those guys. They were great. And they helped me out through a lot of stuff. That's what you got to do. Uh, you just got to make sure everybody's comfortable. You got to make sure that you're ready. That you're going to be the leader. You're like, yes, this is my vision. You can't let anybody take that away from you. Now, granted a lot of people don't realize that directing involves a lot of teamwork. The director is the head coach. They're the guys who are like, this is how it's going to play. This is how it's going to be. This is where you're going to stand. This is where you're going to go. You know, they're the lead coach, but it's okay to get advice from other people. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? And, um, and look, 
it's, you cannot do everything, you know, unless you have literally no money or no that much or not that much support behind you, then unfortunately, yeah, you're going to have to work really fucking hard. You know, you're going to, you're going to have to produce it, direct it, write it, maybe even act in it, do some of the camera movements, do shoot some of the stuff, edit it, you know, do the sound mixing, a lot of other shit, you know, you got to do a lot of stuff. (laughs) That's the bottom line answer. You got to do a lot of shit. You know, it's a lot of hard work, but if you're really passionate, it's going to be the most fun and rewarding experience for you. It really will. But, and you know, writing is probably the funnest part of them all. You know, I love writing so much. I've written things ever since I was in elementary school. You know, I think that directing is such a fun experience and it's even better when it's finished and edited and done. You feel amazing. You feel like you just literally like climbed a mountain. That's how great it is. That's how great the process is, you know, but it can also be very frustrating and you just really have to, you just really have to be patient. I think that's the biggest also factor in that as well. You have to have patience. You have to be patient with everybody. You got to be more understanding with everybody, you know, because if you're not, you're going to be a dick and nobody's want to going to, nobody's going to want to work with you, you know, people are going to fucking hate you, you know, and you don't want the actors hating you, especially if you're not paying them, you know, you have to do that, you know, you have to be understanding, and you have to be patient, and you have to have a lot of time, you know, so yeah, I think uh, that's really the planning, the plan, overall, the planning is one of the big things with the directing process, you know, storyboarding, all that, and, you know, getting the shots done, that's an important part, but planning and making sure everybody's on board, and everybody's passionate and just as passionate as you are, you know, because like I said, sometimes they're not getting paid. So you got to make them passionate. You got to hype them up. You got to be like, ah, let's fucking do this shit. Let's go, guys. You know, that's what I would do, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I think that answers the question. Um, let's see here. So, yeah. Um, and then also uh, renting equipment, you know, never buy, never, ever, ever buy camera equipment. Never. Always rent it because that'll save you so much money. You know, it will save you so much money because there are so many dumb directors who will actually buy this shit and they're stuck with it for life. They can't return it and they spent all this fucking money when they could have just rented it for, I don't know, a month or two and then just save tons of money. So rent your equipment. Don't fucking buy it. Rent it. You know, that's stupid. Um, but yeah, especially if you don't have the most amount of money in the world, I got to take a sip of water. Sorry guys. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, so much better. Okay. So yeah, I think that, uh, answers the questions, but yeah. All right. So we we're over half an hour. I think I'm going to stop it here for the first episode. It's kind of a sample. See how you guys like it. Um, and I'm always welcome to uh, criticism and you know, if you guys have any suggestions to change it up please DM me, let me know. My Instagram and Facebook are public, so message me anytime. Tyson Sherburn 99 all lowercase on my Instagram, DM me, comment, do whatever, you know. And uh, this this uh, podcast, I'm going to get it on a few things, Spotify, uh, possibly a podcast for Apple, um, and uh, hopefully YouTube as well. 
Uh, I'm going to get that stuff situated. And um, yeah, so I think that concludes the podcast. We're going to have at least one podcast a week every Wednesday. And uh, maybe on Friday, we'll see how this first episode goes. And then I'll record another one on Friday and see how that goes as well. So yeah, you'll probably hear my stupid little voice <laughs> about once or twice a week about different shit every day. So guys, thank you so much for listening. If you are, um, please let me know. Uh, and uh, yeah, so thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, until the next time, I'll see you then. And love you. Bye-bye.